is Wednesday, September 20th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. Injuries around the NFL. And Otani goes under the knife. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Kareem Hunt in with the Cleveland Browns for a visit. Saquon Barkley not ruled out just yet. And Blake Snell unofficially wins the Cy Young. What is the Vegas lead here, Scott? We're going to get to all the baseball stories, including Otani having surgery. But let's start in the NFL where we know of a bunch of injuries around the league. And we also are uncertain of the status of the Giants' Saquon Barkley. Let's start with what we do know. We know that Nick Chubb is done for the season, and the Cleveland Browns are going to need to replace him at running back. And the reports were that, and everyone speculated this even during the broadcast uh, on Monday night, was that, hey, Kareem Hunt is a free agent. He was with the Browns the past couple of seasons. Pick him up. Have no idea why he doesn't have a job. I mean, I think most people would would agree that it seems like that's a guy who deserves a job. Troikman said he had some offers and was waiting for the right opportunity. This probably seems like the most needy team to give him the dollars. Yeah, if, if this isn't the right opportunity, a system you know right. who's in desperate need of a running back. I, two million. I, I don't know what the right offer would be. But yeah, this seems like a uh, it seems like a match made in heaven, but between Kareem Hunt and the Browns. Now, nothing official yet, but he does go in for a visit, and the, the Browns made it clear that Drum Ford is their starting running back right mm. now, uh, and he's earned that opportunity. I, I think that makes some sense. Like you, you want to reward the guy who's who's been there all off season and who's who really did a good job in relief last week. But the truth is, they need they're they're going to need to be better uh, at that position. And and Kareem Hunt seems like a guy who could fit that role. Last season, Kareem Hunt four hundred and sixty eight yards on one hundred and twenty three carries. He scored three touchdowns, only three point eight yards per carry compared to Nick Chubb's five point one yards per carry. Let me ask you guys a question: Would you rather have Kareem Hunt or would you rather have Leonard Fournette? Mm. I think I'll I think I'll go with Kareem Hunt just because I know I, he knows the system he knows his job there. Um, I, I don't know that Leonard Fournette's like a guy who has a whole bunch left in the tank anyway. Okay. So I, yeah, I, I'd lean with the guy who who's more familiar with the system. I think. But is Kareem Hunt okay with coming in and being a supplemental back and being the backup to Ford? He's literally been a supplemental back the entire time he's been in Cleveland. So I, I would imagine true. that you know if the money's right, he'll he'll supplement away. Do you think that? It, this is a foregone conclusion. He's going to be back with the Browns. Seems that way, although I, I still believe the Cam Akers drama complicates some things because I, I've heard that the the Browns and the Ravens are amongst the teams that have reached out to the Rams about Cam Akers. Uh, for salary reasons, it looks like the Rams could just waive Cam Akers. I, I don't know how that makes more sense, but apparently there's there's ways that it would be beneficial for them to, to just mm-hmm. waive him. But Cam Akers is a guy who... You know, last, I mean, the last the end of last season, this guy was running for 100 yards a game for like three, four games in a row. So we know there's still tread on those tires. Uh, that's a guy who could be maybe a little more interesting. 
But again, you're probably going to have to give up some kind of an asset to get him. Speaking of running back injuries that happened on Monday night, Jamal Williams of the Saints is dealing with a hamstring injury, and it is expected to take some time to recover. Head coach Dennis Allen said there's no specific timetable for his return, but you can expect to not see Jamal Williams play for the Saints this coming week. Yeah, this is a bummer because they almost made it. They almost made it to the end of the suspension (laughs) for Alvin Kamara, just not quite. uh, And... You know, it, now they're you're you're digging pretty deep with the with the uh, Saints here. I, again, I said this before. I, I'll reiterate. I think the Saints' running game for until Kamara back is back is going to be Taysom Hill. It's going to be Taysom Hill. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're just going to keep running him. They had a lot of success with that last week. I'd expect to see more of it this week. And other injuries to a non-running back. We know that Shaq Thompson broken fibula on Monday night for the Panthers. He is done for the season. Yeah, it's funny. It didn't. It didn't look that bad to me. I guess at the time, but uh, clearly a, a major injury. And and yeah, done for the season. One of their better defensive players. For a team that already struggling on defense, that's a that's a big loss for the Panthers. So, um, you, I think you mentioned Burns still being there is yeah. nice, but boy, they, they are running out of bodies on the defensive side of the football. Well, Thursday night football will kick off week three of the NFL season. The Giants are at the 49ers, San Francisco laying 10 points. And as of yesterday... Saquon Barkley has not been ruled out for the game. Head coach Brian Dable told reporters that the plan is to take it right up to game day to determine his status. He did not practice yesterday, and obviously like no one expected him to because he was considered week-to-week with an ankle sprain. The MRI revealed he does have a sprained ankle. It's not a high ankle sprain, but it is a sprained ankle. But what's crazy is... They're saying that Barkley is like such a freak that he heals quickly. Like Wolverine. Yeah, like Wolverine. Yeah, Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. He's a superhero. And and so that's why they're not ruling him out. Like, literally, that's the quote. He's a quick healer. (laughs) So my question is, I understand the Giants need Saquon Barkley. Uh, I I talked on the um, RJ and Fez recap pod about, Daniel Jones and how effective he was in the play action game against the Cardinals. Well, if you don't have Saquon Barkley, how effective is your play action? So I understand the need for him to play in this game. But if you're the Giants, you're 10 point underdogs at the 49ers. Do you really need to risk further injury to Saquon Barkley and have him play on a short week? Doesn't seem like it makes a lot of sense. Um, again, I don't know that Saquon Barkley makes you uh, makes you win this game, but they are probably desperate for a win right now. So I could see them wanting to push him, and I could see Saquon wanting to get out there and play as well. Remember, he's on a one year deal. He he wants to get out and and get things done. Uh, I, I would be shocked if he plays. I think this may be a little bit of gamesmanship, just mm. like trying to get trying to get them to, uh, you know, at least give some thought to the idea that Saquon could be there. Matt Breida is the guy who's going to step up if Barkley doesn't play. Uh, he's been with Brian Dable for several seasons, even back in Buffalo. So he knows the offense. He knows the protection schemes. And I think that's the biggest thing because you need somebody back there that you can trust blocking for Saquon Barkley, for, for Daniel Jones especially against the 49ers. So I think Burita is going to be the guy that gets the bulk of the, the, the downs, Gary Brightwell, Eric Gray, also running backs in the, in the giants depth chart. So I don't expect Saquon Barkley to play in this game. If I were Saquon Barkley and I looked at the schedule and I saw the 49ers road game 
I'd say, you know what, this is probably one I'll sit out, and I'll come back next week, and I'll be just fine. Well, that's the thing. They're home against the Seahawks on, uh, I guess it's a Monday night game next week, so it's extra time to rest now. And he could be very, very close to healthy by that time if it's just an ankle sprain. So stay off of it for a few days, wear the boot, do what you got to do, and and sit out this game. The Giants are expected to lose anyway. Come back next week against the Seahawks. What do you think the line is? Giants hosting the Seahawks next Monday night. Ooh, uh, with I'm, Saquon or without? The lines right now, you can bet it. All right, well, line. well, then I would say the Seahawks are minus two, and the Giants are the play. Minus one and a half, pretty good, pretty yeah. close. If Saquon plays, that line goes down. If Saquon is announced healthy, that game gets closer to a pick'em. And you think the Giants are the play? I think the Giants are the play, yes. Boy, it's hard for me to trust the Giants right now. They, they looked so bad la- last week. It's... But they also looked so good last week. That's the thing. But and whatever I, happened, I, I under- playing the Cardinals. I, I understand it's the Arizona Cardinals, yes. But then, like, can't you just use that argument to talk about the Dallas Cowboys? Oh, they played the Giants and the Jets. How good are the Cowboys? The Cowboys are good. They look like the best football team in the league right now. I agree. So don't just say it's because they played against the Jets and the Cowboys and then say, that oh, it's because the Giants played the Cardinals. Like, no. Like, the Cowboys look good. So just admit the Giants looked good in the second half of that game last week. They look good in a half of a game against a team that (laughs) has no interest in playing football. Okay, the Cowboys look good in a half against a team that had no interest playing football. All right. No, the okay. Cowboys look good in four halves. <laughs> the, the Cowboys have looked good in every half, literally every one so far. It's it, Listen, it's a double-edged sword, right? You can say uh, a team looks good, but then you can't just say it's because of the, the opponent looks bad. So you can't have it both ways. What's changed? No, you can't have it both ways. Uh, but that's the latest going around the NFL. Uh, other non-skill position injuries, uh, the Lions play C.J. Gardner-Johnson on IR. Um, he's got a torn pec muscle, so that's a big blow to their secondary. The Lions, who they're defensively don't really stop anybody anyway, uh, lose one of their best uh, secondary players. Yeah, this is a big, a big blow for the Lions, who... Like you said, defense not their strong suit anyway. That's that's a key guy for them. Mackenzie, so. what's the total for the game against the Falcons coming up on Sunday? We're looking at 46, 46 and a half. Well, here's what Nine I Nine of the last 10 games in Detroit have had at least 51 points scored. What I will say for the Lions, at least for this week, if you're going to be without a cornerback, anybody in your secondary, this is the week to do it. But yeah, against Atlanta, against the Atlanta, going to run, 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 right? Yeah, so uh, maybe not the worst-case scenario, at least this week, for the Lions. Uh, elsewhere in the NFL, the Hall of Fame nominees. First-time nice. Hall of Fame nominees have been announced. Julius Peppers and Antonio Gates headline the list of nine first-year eligible players for the 2024 class. Mm-mm. Other first-year eligibles, Brandon Marshall. Jordy Nelson, Jamal Charles, TJ Lang, Josh Sitton, Max Unger, and Haloti Nada. Brandon Marshall, the receiver? The receiver, Brandon Marshall, yeah. When you have to ask what position are you are talking about when you're talking about a player? Brandon Marshall was really good for a short burst. I, I, he was a cool guy in Denver with the ball boys. He'd hang out, tell jokes. Nothing beloved for Brandon Marshall. I, I, I just, just was not shocked a hall of Famer that mind? name. All right, looks like six-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro. All right, maybe I, maybe I, I was always just uh, rooting rooting for him more than I thought he actually succeeded. But good career. I hope you make it. Man. So let's go of the of these nine guys, first year eligibles. How many jump out to you as? Yep, that guy's a Hall of Famer. Antonio Clearly, Gates, slam dunk. Yeah, I think Peppers and Gates are both slam dunks, right? Three. The the other two to me, 
Haloti Nada and Jamal Charles jump out to me. And people forget about Jamal Charles, but Jamal man, Charles didn't have long enough a long enough career. You don't think so? He, I Did think Priest he, Holmes make it. No, Jamal Charles had an incredible like stretch of seasons. I think of them as like the same person, but yeah, <laughs> they, well, right after each other. Yeah, and well, Larry Johnson, right? Yep. Yeah. Larry Johnson, Priest Holmes, Jamal Charles, Charkandrick West. Like, Jamal Charles had five seasons of a thousand yards or more. He's always going to be famous for his yards per attempt. What five point four? Trell Davis like, but. No, that's the thing. He had no playoff games one, like, Dave, like two, TD. He had two, two. He had 2009, 2010. He was hurt in 2011, and then he had 12, 13, 14. You have five years. Is that Hall of Fame worthy? Now, granted, when people talk about Hall of Fame, you say, at the time you played, were you the best of? Were you one of the best of your era? And there's no denying that for a five-year stretch, or for five seasons over a six-year stretch, Jamal Charles is one of the greatest football players on the planet. 5.4 yards per carry. I mean, that that's tough for me to ignore. I, it's just it's an abnormally insane number. You also um, have to keep in mind that there are players from last year that are going to be they're nominated as well. Yeah. Kevin Hester, Torrey Holt, Andre Johnson, Reggie Wayne, Willie Anderson, Jared Allen, Dwight Freeney, Patrick Willis, Darren Woodson, all back as finalists. Sure. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe Jamal Charles, maybe the uh the maybe it's not an enough a deep enough resume for Jamal Charles. A- any argument on Haloti Nada? No, he he for sure is getting in. Yeah, to me that's that's one of the best run stoppers mm-hmm. in history. So uh so we're consensus Peppers, Gates and Nada. Everybody else, eh, we'll see. Uh, I, and none of those guys from last year's class strike me as guys who absolutely are, are locks to get in. Not Reggie Wayne? No, I don't think okay. so. I think the wide receiver list is tough because, like, Andre Johnson, Reggie Wayne, all those guys are in a pile, uh, and you can find knocks against all of them. Uh, What's Holt amazing is, is that still waiting around. Devin Hester, you know, changed the game, and literally there will never be another Devin Hester because the rules are now prohibiting returns. Yeah. So no one's ever going to do what Devin Hester did. But is Devin Hester a, like a better football player than Reggie Wayne or Andre Johnson? No. I don't think so. That, that makes it tough. And then you've got a pile of these defensive players, Jared Allen, Dwight Freeney, Patrick Willis, and now you know you, you add in uh, Julius Peppers. Like these pass rushing uh, defensive guys, are, it's, it's a, a starting to be a log jam for them as well. Like Andre Johnson's a lot. A lot more accomplished than Brandon Marshall. Like that's not even close. I think Andre Johnson, Reggie Wayne, Terry Holt put him in. Then he then he cut the line right there. It's got yeah. Those guys have to get in before Brandon Mar- and Jordy Nelson for that matter. Like I, I think Jordy Nelson's on this list. Yeah, Jordy Nelson, a new a new one of the new finalists. So I I think the receivers that are waiting, Reggie Wayne, Andre Johnson, Torrey Holt, have a much better chance of getting in than the two new guys that add, are added to the list this year. You know, sometimes, AJ, you just have things down to a science. And that's what you and I have done since we started taking AG1. It's just one scoop mixed in water, once a day, every day, and we feel great. Yeah, it's it's energy. You know you're getting the nutrition, the nourishment you need. Uh, it gives you a focus. Like it's just a, it's a great overall thing. It delivers everything you need from vitamins, minerals, pre-probiotics, and, and so much more. It's so simple to take. And it does everything I need. That's that's what I love about AG1, Scott. And just one scoop every morning. I know I'm giving my body everything it needs, setting up sustainable habits for the long run, too. And so if there's one product that I had to recommend to elevate your health, it's AG1. 
That's why we've been partnered with them for so long. So if you want to take ownership of your health, start with AG1 and start today. Try AG1, get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. Listen, we get it. You're busy. You got work to do. Kids to take care of. Got to get to the gym at some point. And make sure you're drinking enough water and figuring out what's for dinner is a whole nother project. Yeah, point is, you're busy. You don't have time for 10 minutes of commercials or scripted dating segments on your morning commute. That's why we created The Morning Show Podcast. I'm Carla Marie. My name is Anthony, and The Morning Show Podcast is a daily podcast aimed at keeping you informed and entertained in under 25 minutes. We kick off every show with the core four. It's the four biggest news stories that you should probably be aware of. And then we continue on with music games, pop culture news. And of course, what's trending, the thing you didn't know you needed until Carla Marie told you about it. Yeah, it's my favorite. You can get the Morning Show podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your shows. It's official. Shohei Otani has elbow surgery. And so he will not pitch all of next season for whatever team he signs with in free agency. Yeah, but it does plan to hit in 2024. So he mm-hmm. thinks he'll be good enough to swing the bat all next season. So if, you, if you're thinking about uh, hiring Shohei Otani, just know he'll be around next season, at least according to his agent, uh, and will be back to pitch in 2025, If assuming everything goes well with the surgery. And he had this, the doctor says that he might be available on opening day as a hitter. Now, Bryce Harper had, you know, the surgery. He came back, he DH'd, and then eventually playing first base or whatever. But uh, I guess if he has the surgery now, coming back for next April, not out of the question. Uh, The interesting part of it is the doctor that performed the uh, surgery, Dodgers head physician, Dr. Neil Elatrosh. Is that how you pronounce it, McKenzie? Exactly. Well done. Well, he, um, and, and this guy's known for being one of the best surgeons, right, in, in, in the nation. Like, he's always When he being... finishes a surgery, he says, Kobe, and he throws the scalpel into the spot. <laughs> no, but literally, is this is this the guy that performed the, the, it was, the Kobe, it was. Uh, the, the, eight, the Kobe uh, Achilles, yeah. Achilles? Yeah. Apparently, like, the next night. Yeah, and, overnighted. Same, and he just did the Aaron Rodgers surgery. Yes. So everyone's talking to this guy. So it's like, oh, yeah, you know, it, that doesn't mean he's signing with the Dodgers. But uh, it's interesting. He's also the same surgeon that performed the Tommy John surgery on Otani back in 2018. So he's got history with him. I mean, he's got history with anybody. Imagine being like the best surgeon, like uh, the best person at this job. Like imagine being so good at something that everyone goes to you over somebody else. Yeah. I mean, well, I, Shohei Otani knows what it's like because this you know, guy best, did his. I'm the best baseball. I'm the best baseball player in well, the world. That's true. So, like, uh, and and people are going to be coming to him. You want the latest odds on where Otani lands? The updated odds. I'm going to say Dodgers are the favorite. You are correct. Okay, plus two fifty if you like the L.A. Dodgers. Got any? Get you want to go down the line? I'll go down the list. Second favorite after the Dodgers is going to be. <sighs> I'm going to say the San Diego Padres. Number four on the list. Okay. Plus 650. All right. New York Mets. New York Mets are seven plus nine. Wow. You're not going to get number two. Boston Red Sox. Boston Red Sox. Really clever. Not in the top 10. Not in the top 10. Plus 28. Well, that's crazy. They're way down the list. All right. Well, we'll put the Yankees somewhere in there. Yankees five plus 750. Mariners. 
plus 350, ding, ding, ding. second favorite. Second favorite Mariners. Okay. So you're missing the third favorite. Okay. And the wh- sixth. All right. And then eight, nine, ten. All right. We'll do the Cubs. Cubs not in the top ten. Okay. Staying with the Angels. Uh, uh, this is if he if he has a new team. Oh, okay, so they're, okay, they're not okay, on the okay, list. Okay. Um, well, that's it. I'm out of I'm out of guesses. San Francisco Giants, oh, third well, favorite, San, yeah, plus my bad, my bad, San Francisco. The Philadelphia Phillies, sixth, mm. plus eight fifty. Texas Rangers, eighth at ten to one. Mm-hmm. Braves, ninth at fourteen to one. Cardinals, tenth, sixteen to one. Okay, where are the Red Sox again? Uh, Red Sox are twenty-eight to one. They are fourteenth on the list. Are they okay. going to start spending money again? They were like tenth and eleventh in spending recently when they fired their GM. That's why everybody said it wasn't his fault. I'm just saying I wouldn't rule out Otani Red Sox. Uh, Oakland ten thousand to one. Your uh, mm-hmm. your least likely contender. The the reason why I wouldn't rule it out is because um, he's got a friend there in Masataka Yoshida. Okay, how do you know they're friends? Well, they played together in Japan. In Japan what if they're uh, frenemies? You know, World Baseball Classic okay, and things right. like that. They just don't like each other. Like Shaq and Kobe. They yeah. played but, together. I don't know that they were friends. But the issue there what? is that Yoshida is probably going to DH. So mm-hmm. you can't have Charlie DH and Yoshida DH. And I don't know if the Red Sox want Yoshida in the outfield. Yeah, that makes sense. So that would be an issue there. Um, other teams to be a DH? I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess any team would free up the spots for him. I assume that's why the Astros, they're well outside the top 50. They're 33 to 1, uh, assuming because they, they've they got a full-time DH already signed long-term in Jordan Alvarez. Yeah, well, that's a good point, yeah. Same thing with the Yankees. What are, what are the Yankees going to do? They have to clear up. They have like they have a bunch of DHs on their yeah, team. Yeah, they've got too many already. So yeah, yeah it, may, it makes sense for for teams that are already kind of log jammed there to to look elsewhere. But uh, to me, you find a way if you can get Otani, mm-hmm. you find a way. I just think Boston. Don't count them out. Okay. Don't count Boston out. Uh, I would think though that Seattle's very very intriguing, very intriguing. Because if he wants to stay on the West Coast, you, you have a you know obviously they're a very popular team in Japan. I think the Yankees and the Mets would be uh, very good suitors as well. More so the Yankees just because of their relationships with the media in Japan. Um, but the Mets have also, I mean, the Mets just, you know, Mets has Kode Senga and the Japanese media has been following him like crazy. I'll tell you who's terrifying is the Atlanta Braves because they're already arguably the best team in baseball. They have so many guys signed to under market contracts mm-hmm. that they I feels like they would be justified overpaying for Otani. Like if someone if they say, oh, how could they possibly pay him that much? Well, it's like, well, when you've got Ronald Acuna at a, a 60% of market value deal for the next 10 years, kind of makes it where you can justify it, right? I would, yeah. Yeah. Why but now the, there's another story here we have to also think about. So all these teams are going to be rushing to sign Otani. This offseason, there is another Japanese import coming. Uh, Yamamoto is the last name. First, it's uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto. He is referred to as the Pedro Martinez of Japan. Last How many week, dingers can he hit, though? He's, he's a pitcher. Yawn. Okay. <laughs> two weeks ago, he threw his second no-hitter in the past two seasons. Damn. He became the first pitcher in Nippon professional baseball to throw a no-hitter in back-to-back seasons, okay? He is one of the top pitching prospects in the world, 
and he's 25 years old. He's going to get a whatever he boatload of money <laughs> from whatever major league team is going to sign him. His career ERA, 1.84. That's pretty good. I not not a big math guy, but that's pretty yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, 25-year-old Yamamoto, I think the Mets have shown interest in him. And, again, the Mets already have Kode Senga, so that gives them an insight. Um, but I think that there's a lot of teams that are going to be very interested in Yamamoto. Also, Roki Sasaki is a name that everyone's been talking about, uh, another Japanese import that could be coming, you know, being posted and coming to the United States. Uh, are they friends with Otani? Could this be like a Wade Bosch James situation? I don't know. Let's pick, let's pick a, a team with payroll. Yeah, but they've played, you know, like they've played together in the World Baseball Classic, so um, it will be interesting. But, yeah, uh, Yamamoto is the top guy. He is the top pitcher. It, well, I mean, he's the top pitcher not named Otani, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, let, let's let's. And not... Sasaki's a pitcher as well. I mean, and he's 21. We can Man. all make up names. <laughs> <laughs> we can. Uh, here's my question. Munitaka Morikami, a third baseman <laughs> you from mean, the Ucult Swallows. You, don't say that on air. <laughs> uh, you don't even know her. Uh, we, <laughs> you, you mentioned the, the Mets maybe being a better fit. Yeah. Or the Yankees maybe being a better fit than the Mets. What about the idea that the Mets – have cleared up so much payroll. By That's what I'm saying. The Mets the are going to, yeah. Insurers or contracts. And it's, I think th- that owner seems mm-hmm. like he's going to be, the, the idea that the Mets are seventh on this list is surprising to me. Yeah. They freed up the money by getting rid of Scherzer and Verlander, and they'll spend the money this offseason for trying to bring in Otani or or maybe Yamamoto or somebody like that, which will be a better investment than paying 40-year-old players. Yeah. Speaking of pitchers, last night, Blake Snell, for all intents and purposes, won the National League Cy Young Award. I believe it's intensive purposes. <laughs> <laughs> well, oddly, I thought of that exact same joke, and I was like, nah, and then McKenzie hit it. That was nice. Seven no-hit innings from Blake Snell last night as the Padres walked off in the bottom of the ninth, a two-run homer by Xander Bogarts, cashing the run line. Never a doubt. I, I felt so dumb because I made that wager. I said I was going to make it yesterday on, mm-hmm. on the show, and – uh, when it got to the ninth inning and it was 0-0, zero, zero, I was like, why would I bet the run line on the home team? That's that was so rule, dumb. Friend. Yeah. Uh, but, hey. You they... should have talked me off that, Scott. I mean, what are you there for? But they get it done. Uh, they blew the no-hitter in the ninth inning, by the way. Uh, Josh Hader gave up two hits in the top of the ninth inning, so they couldn't get the combined no-no. Snell won seven. Suarez had a uh, a hitless inning, and then Hader came in for the ninth, gave up two singles, but didn't allow a run, and then it was 2 nothing the win on the Bogarts walk-off homer. So, for those keeping score at home, the Padres have now won six straight games. Looking at the National League wildcard standings, they are five and a half games out of a wild card spot. The Cubs snapped their losing streak. They won last night. The Marlins also won, but the Reds and Giants both lost. The Diamondbacks beating the Giants. So Arizona, they're hot. They've won four straight games. McKenzie, any change to the odds that we talked about yesterday morning on no. the Padres to make the playoffs? No. 0.2? 500 to 1, exactly. 0.2% per fan graphs. Damn. I'd still make that bet. Disrespectful. <laughs> I've already made it. I made, I made yeah, it for no, $5. No, you're booked. We I, got made, you. I made it for $1. We t- listen, we talked about their schedule, and all they have to do is just beat the teams that they're supposed to beat. They're going to be favored. You can make the argument that they will be favored in every game for the rest of the season. Now, there might be a situation where it's like, 
I don't know, depending on who pitches on next Wednesday in San Francisco, they could be an underdog against the Giants. But when Blake Snell's pitching in San Francisco, Padres are going to be favored. The The matchup between Seth Lugo and Keaton Wynn? Lugo, That's a, that is a made-up person. Lugo and the Padres are going to be favored. So, you know, I, I, they're going to be favored in every game against St. Louis at home. They're going to be favored in every game in Chicago. So you can make the argument that they're going to be favored in every game the rest of the season. I'm not saying they're going to win out, but if you just take care of business, five and a half games, not that hard to overcome with the schedule that they have. It's well, going to be it's going to be close. I, I it, It's at least something to watch down the stretch. All I'm asking is that they're three games out with three left to play. The drama, though, in the AL West, as we are now three teams separated by a half a game. The Houston Astros fall to the Baltimore Orioles on a night where the Rangers and the Mariners both get wins. McKenzie, give us the updated standings in the AL West. Getting tight. Astros minus 105, Mariners plus 170, Rangers plus 320. Yeah, so your plus 265 bet yesterday morning, not, not too shabby. Got some line value there, Scott. All right. Well, we feel good. The Mariners have won two straight games. And this game coming up here on uh, Wednesday for the Mariners, a game that our very own Josh Towers gave out a best bet on. Let's listen in. Hi, I'm Josh Towers, and I got a strong lean for Wednesday's games. Uh, Wednesday, we got a cool game. We got the Oakland A's versus the Seattle Mariners. Joey Estes, a kid I know very well, making his major league debut, just got called up yesterday. Uh, so a day to get acclimated to the team, get adjusted, and watch a Major League Baseball today, uh, game today, which is obviously huge, do a scouting report. Uh, Joey's mid-90s guy, great slider, good curveball, obviously got a good changeup as well to go with this fastball. Here's the thing about guys making their Major League debuts. There's one of two things. You either get rocked or you do really well. It's the element of surprise that these guys have never seen him before or seen that picture before. They don't know if I'm going to finish you with this, what my tendencies are, anything, right? So if I sit to wait to find out, usually I'll get through a few innings before the adjustments are made. I don't see Joey going more than five innings in this game, not with Oakland and what they're doing these days. On the flip side, we have George Kirby. George Kirby has been really good for Seattle for most of the year. For all of us who watch baseball, we know a few starts ago, George Kirby cried about pitching the sixth inning, sorry, seventh inning of a game. I shouldn't have been out there. I should have been pulled. I didn't want to be out there. And ever since then, he has not been good. Four, four, three, five, I think, in his last four. So it hasn't been good. We know he's not going deep anyways because his mindset is wrecked. I like Oakland first five. I think there's tremendous value. I know it's a tough play to make. It's Oakland versus Seattle. I got it. It's a kid who's never pitched in the big leagues. I got that as well. But I just think with the element of surprise where Kirby's been, and the other thing I think more so is Oakland is going to be getting a half a run. And I saw a game the other day where it was such a lopsided first five, like minus 250 or something, that the team wasn't getting a half a run. They were getting one and a half runs for five innings. So that's still in play as well, given what the line is. So depending on what it is, whether Oakland's getting a half a run or one and a half runs through five innings, that will be my play on Wednesday. You can hear former Major League pitcher Josh Towers alongside myself on the Major League Baseball podcast on this very feed. So if you're listening to Straight Out of Vegas AM, well, we put... Yes, 
We put the baseball podcast on this feed now, so you don't have to go anywhere else. Just listen every week as you get insights from a former major league pitcher who has played with some of the greatest players, Roy Holiday, in this game. And when he talks about a kid making his first start, he knows what that's like, and he also knows Estes because he's worked with him here in Vegas. I mean, the kid was an aviator. So uh, we'll see if uh, that's the play for this game coming up. Right now, taking a look at the line, Joey Estes against George Kirby, Mariners at the A's. Seattle is a minus 240 favorite. So there is a chance that you can get a decent odds on the plus one and a half in the first five innings. Now, it's not traditional. And but but because they are such a big dog, the price is not terrible right now for the game. The A's are plus one ten at plus or one and a half. They're plus one ninety on the money line in the first five innings. They're plus one eighty on the money line at plus a run and a half, or excuse me, at plus a half a run in the first five. It's plus one twenty on DraftKings, but at plus one and a half runs in the first five innings on DraftKings. Only minus 145. Oh, wow. That is the best bet. Okay. For the the, the schedule here on Wednesday. I heard it from Josh, and you're hearing it from me. A's first five innings plus one and a half runs minus 145. Let's run through the rest of the schedule. We have plenty of other day games today. The Phillies are at the Braves. Aaron Nola against Bryce Elder. Atlanta's minus 140. Boy, I thought that Strider would give one up uh, last night. Didn't quite happen. I mean, he wasn't exactly like lights out, lights out. He gave up three runs in seven innings. And Christopher Sanchez gave up three runs in four innings. So, I mean, this was really the Phillies bullpen that could not get the job done. It was a big four, a big fifth and uh, sixth inning for the Braves that really, you know, ended things. Uh, in the fifth inning, it was, uh, you know, bases loaded, bases double, everyone scoring. They scored four runs in that inning. They had, And the Phillies came back with three in the top of the sixth, but... Uh, the Braves added insurance in the bottom of the six, so they win nine to three, snap their losing skid. But still, you have Aaron Nola on the mound here today and Bryce Elder for Atlanta. The Twins are at the Reds. Bailey Ober for Minnesota. Hunter Green going for Cincinnati. The Reds are minus 115. White Sox at the Nationals. Jesse Schlottens for the White Sox. Josiah Gray for the Nationals. Washington minus 135. Red Sox at the Rangers. John Gray for Texas. They're minus 140. Brian Bello goes for Boston. Orioles at the Astros. Kyle Bradish for Baltimore. Christian Javier for the Astros. Houston. Minus 115. Do we like the Astros to avoid the sweep here? I think you have to like the Astros to avoid the sweep. This is a must-win game at this point. They're giving up the uh, the division. If you if you lose this game, you got to remember the Mariners are playing Oakland. Mm-hmm. You have to assume that they're going to win their game. So, yeah, this is a pretty important game for the Strohs. I think this this is a strong play on the Orioles to avoid on the, excuse me on the Astros to avoid the sweep. Uh Guardians are at the Royals, Lucas Giolito for Cleveland, Zach Greinke for Kansas City. Cleveland is minus 155. The Giants are at the Diamondbacks, Logan Webb for San Francisco, Merrill Kelly for Arizona. Arizona's minus 115 and they're hot. We mentioned their winning streak. Rockies and Padres, Chase Anderson for Colorado, Seth Lugo 
for San Diego. Padres minus 278. Angels at the Rays. Reed Detmer for LA. Aaron Savali for Tampa. Tampa's minus 225. Mets at the Marlins. Cody Senga for the Mets. Yuri Perez for the Marlins. Miami minus 120. Total of seven. This is going to be my DraftKings dog of the day here. I, I, I like the Mets in this spot. They've looked really good lately with Singa on the mound. Uh, I, I'm going to take another shot with him. Trust that he's enough to, to carry this Mets lineup through. The Blue Jays are at the Yankees. Kevin Gosman for Toronto. Michael King starts for the Yankees. Toronto's minus 120. Important win for Toronto last night, winning 7-1. to one. Uh, They've won four straight games, but this is a tough stretch. Two series now against the Yankees, so that was an important win for them last night in the wild, for the wildcard standings. Mitch Keller goes for the Pirates, scheduled for tonight. Justin Steele scheduled to go for the Cubbies, and uh, anytime Steele's on the mound, you know I lean the Chicago Cubs. They are minus 175 up on the DraftKings Sportsbook. Brewers at the Cardinals. Adrian Adrian Hauser from Milwaukee. Zach Thompson going for the Cardinals. St. Louis minus 115. And Reese Olsen starts for the Tigers against Bobby Miller in L.A. Dodgers are minus 240. Dodgers winning last night. They have won five straight games. We have an incredible offer for you at pregame.com. And no, this is not a promo code. So don't just say, oh, what's the code? And give me the code and I'll go save some money. No, 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 no. This is even better. Remember how, like, we were giving you $15? Last yeah. week and this week. And I said, hey, use the promo code, get $15. Well, that, that was a good promo. How about I give you $40? That's nice. You like that, Mackenzie? That sounds like a great promo. Okay. So here's <laughs> what you're going to do. He's got this figured out, huh? There is no codes, too. It's too easy. We man. are running a special right now at pregame.com. If you buy $10 in bulk dollars, you get $50 in bulk dollars. Oh, it's a bonanza. 10 gets you 50. It's a 400% bonus on your money. The biggest percentage bonus that we have ever offered at pregame.com. And bulk dollars can be used in any increments, any purchased, any time. Do they expire, McKenzie? They do not expire. They never expire. So after you purchase your 10 bulk dollars, your 50 bulk dollars becomes available immediately. And look, the majority of daily best bet packages are $25 or less. So with your $50, that's like two daily best bets, and it only costs you $10 out of pocket? This seems like it's a no-brainer. Easy. Your bulk dollars work just like cash. They're waiting for you in your shopping cart to be applied to any and all future purchases. Don't wait. This offer is only for a limited time, so act now. Take advantage of the 10 gets you 50 in pregame bulk dollars. This is the best offer we have ever had for bulk dollars, and we're only allowing one per customer, so make sure you take advantage. For Mackenzie Rivers and AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas AM.